Well, a group of us met on Thursday to complete the work of our mission statement. And it still needs to be approved by the Administrative Council, but we finally arrived at one after only about an hour and 45 minutes, I think, uh, that rang true to those of us who were there. It's easy to memorize, memorize and and uh, we felt it fits the culture and the mission of our church. And it simply reads, um, our mission is to guide everyday people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Our mission is to guide everyday people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we had it memorized before we left that night, so we figured it was, uh, you know, after not being able to memorize the other one in 25 years, that... <laughs> That was pretty good. But uh, everyday people, being those people that we come across every day in our lives, uh, the people that you uh, come across, uh, that come across your path as you go to the store, as you're out amongst your neighbors in your neighborhood, just everyday people. And we felt that that word everyday fit who we are at baseline. You know, we're just plain folk. We're we're everyday people. And we felt that there's an emphasis on spiritual growth here. It's an important part of the culture of this church, and it has been for many, many years. And we thought that that emphasis was reflected in the last part of that statement, which if we're living that out, uh, we'll be fulfilling our mission. That's what it will look like. Uh, people will be growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit, I wanted to talk a little bit about that first part of the statement, that word guide. Uh, Jesus never forced anyone into the kingdom of God. Instead, he lived in such a way and talked about the kingdom of God in such a way that people wanted to experience that life for themselves. And if you think of for a minute about what a guide is. Uh, when you select a guide, you know, you're going to go into a, a place that you've never been or a country that you've never been. You want someone who knows the terrain, right? Who's knowledgeable about the place that you're going into. Someone that you can trust and is knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the country. And that word says to me, that if we're going to be guiding others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to have knowledge of what that looks like. We need to be allowing Jesus to shape our character so that we look like him. And that is what this series is all about and why it's so important. We're talking about how to get in step with the Spirit of God, allowing Jesus Christ to make us more like him. And when we allow Jesus to shape us to be the kind of person that Jesus is, to grow our character, then people who observe our life will find and kind of gravitate toward that because it is apparent that you know something about his life and how to live that kind of life. So this morning we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit, and the topic today is patience. Uh, and patience is one of those things that 
we want other people uh, to have with us, right? And yeah, we struggle uh, so much to exercise it ourselves. Isn't that so? Uh, there seems to be an ongoing, never-ending opportunities uh, to exercise patience, too. And yet, as we're out in the world serving and guiding others towards a relationship with Jesus Christ, I feel like that it's one of the primary ways that we make God's kind of love visible to other people. It's through patience. And it's so important Uh, to our Christian witness. I believe that it's one of the most important virtues that we need to develop as followers of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that it's the fruit of having Jesus' spirit in us. It isn't something that we do. It's something that we are becoming as followers of Jesus Christ. We are becoming patient people um, because Jesus was and continues to be perfectly patient. So this morning, if you want to pull out your message notes, we're going to look at three essentials to becoming a patient person. And and the first one is slow down. <laughs> it's just simply we need to slow the pace of our lives, to build more margin into our lives so that we are not in such a hurry all the time. Uh, we live in a culture of speed. And much of our lack of patience with others is, comes from being in a hurry, from people uh, getting in our way, making us late, interrupting our schedule, cutting us off, moving too slowly, taking too long to uh, uh, serve us in a restaurant. Or if you're the waitress, you know, taking too long to decide what you uh, want to order. Fast is the norm. Uh, People are paying thousands of dollars for a computer that will be 60 seconds faster loading the Internet page than the one that they had before. And in the midst of this, we have, as in our example, Jesus Christ, who, who never seemed to be in a hurry, who seemed to be content with God's timing. He only did and said what he saw the Father doing. And he let God set his agenda and move in him, uh, and he moved in step with God. And that's what this series is about, getting in step with what the Spirit's doing. Um, Psalm 46.10 says, uh, and this is our memory verse, so would you uh, please say it with me? Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. When you find yourself being impatient with someone or something this week, you know, just pause. Examine what's going on inside you. Be still. Slow down. Stop striving. Stop hurrying. Be still and know that God is God. You know, repeat this if you need to. Uh, Memorize it. Use it as your pause button this week. Hear Jesus speaking to you. Be still. And know that I am God. Uh, Jesus said, my father is always at work. Uh, God is active in your life and in the lives of people around you. You don't have to be in control. Uh, Let God be God. You don't have to change that annoying person. God is at work in them. 
Your timing is not God's timing. He is working in his time, not yours. And one of the things that I've discovered is that often when I'm impatient with something, I need to just step back and see if God has something different in mind at that moment for my schedule than what I had on it. Um, Interruptions try our patience, but what they really should be are opportunities for us to kind of be on alert that maybe God is wanting to do something at that time, that he's up to something. He may want us to minister in some way to that person who has interrupted us, that appointment that got canceled. Um, He may want us to be in a different place at that time. God's timing is perfect. Uh, I remember a time when my son got a speeding ticket because of me. Uh, When I was called into ministry, I had to go back and finish my bachelor's degree. And uh, so I started attending the the Spring Arbor College, which was just down the road from us. And, And our son was already attending there, and he was commuting. And frequently we would have classes the same day or same time. And so we would ride together. Well, on this particular morning, um, I got up, and he didn't, and he wasn't getting around. It just seemed like, you know, he was so pokey, and I couldn't get him in the car, and we had a test. Uh, we both had the same class that day, and we were supposed to have a test in it, and I couldn't get him out the door, and we finally got on the road, and he was driving faster than he should have because he knew that I was upset, and and, you know, I, 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 I grew up with a mother who yelled, so I, I've never been a yeller. Uh, but he knew <laughs> things are not good in my, in, uh, right now. And um, he was driving faster than he should have. And sure enough, he got pulled over and got a ticket. And when we got to the college and went uh, to the classroom where the test was, uh, we expected, you know, it would be half over because we were later now than we uh, were initially going to be. And got there, and there was a sign on the door that said the class had been canceled because uh, the professor was ill, you know. And and uh, he was sick, and I felt sick. You know, <laughs> my son had uh, points on his license because uh, he was trying to uh, uh, please me. And, you know, over the years, I've discovered that so often if we will just relax a bit and and go with the flow, uh, things will work out all right. We'll find ourselves uh, being used in situations and in ways that maybe we didn't have on our schedule for that day and and probably getting fewer uh, traffic tickets as well. But be still, let God be God. And then the second essential is to be humble. To be, to be humble. One of the keys to being patient with others is to humbly acknowledge how patient God has had to be with you, uh, with me. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, before he was, uh, became a follower of Jesus Christ, he was a persecutor of the church. He uh, did everything in his power to to try to put that movement down, and he had people imprisoned. He he uh, was glad when he saw them executed, and he was on his way to Damascus to to arrest another group of Christians, anybody that he could find there. and And Jesus uh, appeared to him, revealed himself to him on the road to Damascus, and kind of turned his turned his life around. 
And later Paul said about that experience, but for that very reason, sorry, did I miss something? It's not in there? Okay. All right, I'm just going to read it to you. It'll be all right. Uh, But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul, Paul felt that Jesus chose to show grace to him, as messed up as he had been, as an example to others of how rich the mercy of God is, how patient he is with us. And, you know, people require patience, don't they? I mean, they can be slow, they have weaknesses and faults, they have different opinions than than us and bad habits and uh, personality flukes and uh, their stories are too long sometimes, you know, and TMI, too much information, and, and, and they interrupt us. And there are unlimited ways that people can test our patience. And initially, we may not be able to prevent ourselves from feeling impatient, but we can choose to behave patiently. And, and the great motivator for that is uh, to acknowledge that we ourselves have flaws, that we too interrupt other people, that we have been known uh, to tell long, seemingly pointless stories as well, right? <laughs> Amen? And Ecclesiastes uh, 7.8 says that the end of the matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. And, I, you know, pride is just the great enemy of patience. Pride says I deserve service faster than that. Pride says if I had done it, it would have turned out better than that. If I, if I had done that, it would, I could have done it quicker, I, uh, smarter, more efficiently than that. It, it takes patience to accept people where they are. And yet, if we're truthful and humble, that's exactly how God accepted us. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, Pride leads to an impatient response. Humility helps us to pause and to let patience catch up with us. And then the third essential to becoming a patient person is to trust God's timing. To trust God's timing. You know, there are things in our lives that are just not in our control. And only God can change the direction or the outcome of that circumstance. Only God can change that person or change us. And and we get... um, impatient sometimes with God. But as as you read the Bible, what you find there is this God who is all-powerful and able to fix things so that we don't have to wait, who's all-loving and all-wise, and yet keeps saying to his people words that we don't want to hear. Wait. Wait for me. Uh, Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Uh, Later in that same chapter, he says, Wait for the Lord and keep to his way. And you know, if you think about Abraham, here he is like 75 years old, and God tells him, You're going to have a son, 
and you're going to be the father of many nations. And uh, he's 75 years old, and do you know how long he had to wait for that promise to come about? It was 24 years, 24 years and uh, that he had to wait. And God told uh, Israel, his people, that they would be a nation, that he was going to bring them out of slavery, that they'd be ind- independent, but they had to wait 400 years for that. Zechariah and Elizabeth prayed for uh, a son for 40 or 50 years before God answered their prayers. God promised a Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer of the world would come, and yet his people waited generation after generation, century after century, and God seemed silent. And yet in Romans 5, we read that at just the right time, Christ died for us. And I certainly don't understand all of this or understand God's timing, but I believe that at least in part what is going on is this, that what God does in us while we wait, in fact, is as important as what we are waiting for. Um, Paul says, while we were waiting for God to set everything right, we suffer. But suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. That comes from Romans 5, 4. God is producing these qualities in us while we wait. And what that means is that biblically, waiting is not just something that we do until we get what we want. (laughs) Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. And waiting on the Lord requires trust, trust that God has good reasons for the wait. And it's a trust that uh, remembers that things look differently from God's perspective, that he views things with eternity in mind. And this is just what Peter writes about in Second Peter 3. Um, he says, But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And, uh, you know, at least we are not waiting a thousand years, right, uh, for some of the things. Waiting means that I, I trust that God knows what he's doing. I trust and I'm willing to wait tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. And if things aren't the way that you had hoped in your life right now, there's something that isn't coming about as quickly as you hope. Maybe God is saying to you this morning, will you trust me? Will you hang in there? Will you wait? Slow down, be humble, trust God's timing. Let's pray. Lord, um, this is probably one of the hardest things that we do because we want to kind of be in control of things and have things go our way and come about in our time. And uh, we want people to do what we want them to do when we want them to do it. And uh, this is something that we all struggle with, God. And I pray that you'll help us to always remember uh, your words in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. You start right out with that. And um, help us to remember to put love first, let love lead, and uh, to allow you to work in us so that we can be the patient person that you are. We ask these things in Jesus' name.